Hello, lovely people. I'm Jamila, and this is a Grand Life podcast where we drink wine and discuss life because life ain't half bad when you're drinking. Each episode will feature a new wine, give our two cent review, and talk about whatever is happening in our or somebody else's life. So, our grand wine of the day is 19 Crimes Cabernet Sauvignon. Sauvignon. Did I say that right? Mm. Now, I am fully aware of my quote-unquote smacking as I was drinking in the last episode, but I think it was because of the dryness of the wine, so I suspect today will be even worse, as cabs are generally very dry, but I will do my best. So, the rule is I don't try it until we start recording. So, let's start pouring and get to the first sip. Okay, so let's see. Aside from the fact that the first, wait, let me take a second sip because the first one burned my throat, but I, I think, hold on, let's try it again. Now, this is nice. And I actually did not think I was going to like it because I'm not a big fan of cabs, but I happened to like this label and I was like, I'm going to buy this wine. So it advertises and says that it has um, a rich mouthfeel, which my my mouth feels rich right now. So there you go. Um, that it also has red currants, dark cherries, and chocolate. I have, I think only once have I ever tasted the chocolate that wine say that they have. So I don't taste chocolate, but I definitely feel like a dark fruit flavor in this. So it, it's it's really nice. It's warm. It definitely warms you. I mean, alcohol warms you, right? But my mouth instantly felt warm with this one. But it's 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 better than most cabs that I've had. So, and this what was this price point? I think it was um, ten. It wasn't that expensive. Oh no, I'm lying. It was closer to fifteen. So it, it's pretty nice. But the first, the reason why I really chose this wine was the label. That's what originally drew me to it. So on each of the 19 crimes wine varieties, there's a featured prisoner dating back to the penal colony located in Australia, where where if you committed one of these 19 crimes in Britain, they would sentence you to quote-unquote punishment by transportation, which meant being shipped to Australia to work the land. Now, obviously, the Aborigines were already there, so this is not about discovering Australia by any means, but this was the first like entree of white people to the land. And if you download the Living Wine Label app and scan the front of the label, the prisoner will actually tell you their story. Like, with the accent and everything. It is the coolest thing, okay? So the prisoner on this bottle is Michael Harrington, and I'm not going to tell you his story. You should have that experience for yourself. So get the wine and learn all about it. Now, here's the thing. One of the 19 crimes that could get you sent to Australia was impersonating an Egyptian. Shut up, okay? Now, (laughs) Y'all all remember that song, Walk Like an Egyptian. Like the Bengals, they, they would have all been locked up and shipped away because they couldn't even have that song because you couldn't impersonate them. And why Egyptians? Like that just seems so random. So I don't know. I feel like I have to go and look up the history on that one. So that's pretty bananas. But I'm enjoying the wine. I like the label. So let's get into it. 
So for the listeners of the first podcast, thank you all so much. I had a ton of feedback. People were feeling good. That made me feel good. So I really appreciated that. And I had a ton of people that also were too through with me about the methods that I use to maintain my, oh yeah, now I'm not going to define that for you. You have to listen to the first episode. I will say the men were especially done with me saying that they want to call my husband because it ain't right. And then when my husband listened to it, he said in a text message, end quote, like first he had really positive things to say, babe, I'm so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. And then the last message was, but I'm going to fuck you up for using my razor. So (laughs) that's what I anticipated. Um, He was really good about it. But guess what? He still used that razor yesterday. Yes, he did. So, men, let me tell you something. Men tell all types of lies about what they will and will not tolerate or will or will not do if you get my drift. But we know it's a lie. And then comes the fake indignation. Like, I'm not dealing with all that. And But I will say, the women were done too. I had people writing me, I love your podcast, but that's nasty. I was like, I'm not buying that. One of my girlfriends had the nerve to say to me, you're nasty, but I do it too. What what kind of response? So how am I? So we nasty? Is that we nasty? Okay. So my whole thing is, if you're married or in a committed relationship, you have your own brand of nasty that works for you, whether your partner knows it or not. So at some point, my husband said he wants to come on the show and, and um, clear his name. Nobody's paying him any mind, but whenever he shows up, we'll let you know because that should be interesting. So, yeah. so here we go. With the response from married people yesterday, I kept... So here's the thing. I love my wedding ring. I keep looking at it. I look at it all the time. And talking to people yesterday based on the show, it made me think of a lot of other things too. So... I told my husband when we were looking at rings, I said, listen, my criteria is I just want something that I can look at down the line and be happy about, right? So that was my only kind of criteria that I wanted to deal with, and it worked. So six years in, I still love my ring. It makes me happy when I see it. But it made me think about what are like the different conversations people have when they're about to purchase a ring, right? So the old adage is that you spend about two to three months salary on it, right? But people have bills, they have debt. So how is that even possible? I cannot walk around with $10,000 on my finger and my lights are off. Like, makes no sense. And I asked some people about their process, what their process was or what their process is going to be depending on where they are in their relationship. So one of my male listeners, and you know, we're on episode number two. So by listener, I mean, one of my friends, right? Immediately said he's going to quote unquote, blow the bag when he proposes. I know that's right. So now the question is, when, when is that going to happen? But I'm going to mind my business to sip this wine while he figures out the question to that, the answer to that question. What I will say is he's settled in his career now. So I know he's going to come correct, but he didn't have a specific amount in mind. Like, do you need to, do you need to have a, a, a magic number that people think up and decide that's it? And then they don't waver from that amount. I asked another listener and he said that he proposed to his future wife and she had absolutely no input. He knew what she liked. Then he went to go get it. Period. Point blank. So then that made me think of a scenario. My husband hates scenarios, but I'm gonna give y'all one. 
What if your soon-to-be husband or partner or whatever gets down on one knee or rolls over in bed, however y'all do it, says all the right words, like, I can't see my life without you, we have been through so much, and blah, 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 and presents you with a ring you don't want? What do you do then? Do I mean... <laughs> Do you cry and act like the tears are tears of joy, but really you're really sad and pissed off that you have to put that thing on your ring and fake it, particularly if there are other people around because they may have proposed in front of a bunch of people? Like, what do you do then? Do you accept it? And then after the people are gone and a few days later, you say, I really love this, but um, you knew better. Like, do you do that? <laughs> do you do that? So I, I don't know. That just seems like a whole lot of drama, but it does sound like an interesting scenario. But I want to hear from you. What do you do in that case? So I had two listeners who were very real and said money was tight and told their significant other or was very clear with themselves. Like, listen, we're not going to go crazy. Um, We can do it bigger in a few years. The question is, does a few years ever come? And if it doesn't come, what do you do then? Are you so in love that you don't care anymore? Let me be real. That ain't the answer, (laughs) y'all. Okay? Or do you have that awkward conversation that begins with, do you remember when... Yeah, that's a rough one. But I have to give props to this one listener. Hold on, let me sip my wine. This one listener... Am I doing better with my smacking? I think I am. Okay. This one listener said that he took $700 from his student loan and bought the ring. And you know what? Yo, that's a real one, okay? Because every time she gets on your nerves and you look at that ring like, Zach, I could have had a lobster dinner with that ring. She up here messing around getting on my nerves. So you know what? Salute to you, brother, because that's real sacrifice, particularly when you're trying to do school and say I do at the same time. That's no joke. So kudos to you. So, of course, had to ask my loving husband the same question. And I said, babe, how did you decide how much to spend on my engagement ring? To which he answered, without hesitation, there was no limit. In his fake Billy D. Williams voice, then said, mic drop, and hung up the phone. I was like, I bust out laughing. Something's wrong with him. He is absolutely insane. Then he calls me back to keep laughing and says, that's right, and hung up the phone again. So something's really not right with him. I have no clue. I'll see if he gives me a straight answer later on, but he did not answer my question. Talking about there was no limit. Now, you know that's a lie. Hmm. I will say I'm very, very happy with Mr. 19 Crimes. Um, oh, I also didn't say this was a, this is a 2017 cab and 13.5 alcohol volume. So a little less than the, um, what do we have yesterday? Apothic. So a little less than the Apothic. But this is good. This is good nonetheless. And like I said, way smoother than I anticipated it being. So let's move into this segment called, Can You Help Me? Where I'm struggling with something and I want your help or your advice, Okay. So now I have been working out for a few months and the numbers are not moving. So you know how like you weigh yourself and then you do your BMI and all. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So my numbers are way too high for my liking. No, I'm not going to tell you my numbers is none of your business. Okay. But they're way too high. And the workouts that I'm doing, I'm burning between 
I would say 600 to 800 calories in 45 minutes. It's a serious workout and I love it, right? But I need something else. And I do know my biggest issues are meal prep and sweets. So like I rarely see a cupcake that I'm not like, "Mm, that's calling my name. I need to have that. So I'm still working on saying no to my food drugs, which are cookies, ice cream, cake, etc. But I think I want to like kick up my workout routine a notch. Yes, I'll still be, like I said, working on the meal prep, but I want to do something with this workout. So, and so one of my girlfriends, her suggestion was a neoprene workout, quote, hot sweat sauna suit waist trainer. (sighs) Now, I am not on this waist trainer kick at all, but I was thinking about a workout wrappy thingy, like something you put under your clothes, right? While you're working out to help increase or do whatever it does. But can you help me? Because do these things really work? I know some people, like when you go to the gym, you see people doing whatever they do, like they're prepped before they start working out. And I know some people will use creams or like Vicks Vapor Rub. Have y'all seen that? I have. And it threw me off the first two times I saw it. And they rub it on their skin and then they use whatever kind of wrap on top of it. I've seen some people use like Saran Wrap. Mm-hmm. Not foil, but like the plastic wrap. I've seen people use that. So I don't know. But does it like overheat the fat and then the fat goes away? Like, I don't fully understand the physiology of this whole thing. Like, I don't understand how that happens. But I want to, it's, it's not a lot of money, but I know it's supposed to increase your sweat and all these things. But can you help me? Because I don't know if it really works. But I will tell you this. I refuse to keep this extra stomach that resides under my regular stomach any longer. I am not giving it a cute name like a fupa because that would mean that I want it to stay. And I don't. This is not a pet. You don't get a damn name of endearment. You have got to go. So because when I look down, I want to see everything that God gave me and I don't want to have to move things out of the way. You understand what I'm saying? So I, I had to do my, oh yeah, maintenance yesterday by damn hand sight, looking like I was reading Braille. I said, I'm not doing this. This is a damn shame. Like I need help. And if anybody out there that can help me win this battle, I would greatly appreciate it. And no, this is not like the summer's coming and I want to, no, I don't care nothing about that. Okay. I just want to be able to have a full line of sight at all parts of my body when I like to. That that's that's the bottom line on that one. Okay? But I will tell you guys this, I fully enjoy being able to speak with you, hearing your comments back. We're on tons of different sites now, Spotify, we're on Anchor, we're on Stitcher, we're on Pocket Cast, so totally loving that. And please go ahead, I'm serious, send me some help wine suggestions, responses, and topics that you want to hear. I'm here for it all. You can either drop a line at a.grandenterprises at gmail.com or hit the Instagram page at underscore a.grandlife. Remember, it's a grand life. Have a drink and enjoy. I'm Jamila and we'll talk soon and drink some more.